This is the Irish Rally Podcast brought to you in association with Tech and Tools, your dedicated tools provider focusing on diagnostic test equipment and specialised tools. Visit techandtools.ie for more information and SVS Productions. Welcome to some more bonus material here on the Irish Rally Podcast in association with Tech and Tools and SVS Productions. We are turning our attention to the JWRC and delighted to say that we have this particular gent joining us here. Mr. William Creighton. How are you getting on, sir? Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Uh, look, uh, a pleasure to have you on. It is a little while since we had you on last, uh, but I mean, like, there are no words really to start this conversation. It was just incredible, I think, what you did over the weekend, yourself and Liam. And uh, firstly, I'd just say to congratulate you. Um, Irish eyes are we're definitely smiling. Yeah, it's... Um it's really good to get to get the win. A uh, great way to start the year. I suppose the event started started well for us, uh, and we had quite a nice lead going into Saturday. Uh, and Saturday started quite well, and then obviously Saturday Saturday afternoon we we lost quite a chunk of time, and the whole thing got a little bit more exciting uh, from there to the finish. So yeah, it's been a crazy finish to the rally, uh, one that I'll not forget for a long time. But as I say, it's. Um, it hasn't really sunk in yet, to be honest. Uh, just really happy for, you know, the whole team involved. Um, it's been a long time coming, I think. Yeah. So, a couple of things for us to start off with, right? Um, I think despite the fact that this is your third year in the JWRC, right, in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. So, despite that fact, right, I still believe what you did on the first day raised a lot of eyebrows. As in, I don't know if many people expected that performance but you were obviously very very confident beforehand I guess there was a lot of pressure going into the first round this year with being the only driver coming back to the championship and then even the last two years that we've been competing in it you know the the pace is always crazy in the junior world championship Uh, you can see you know as soon as a lot of the drivers move on from that they're able to fight right at the top of the next category Um, so yeah there was definitely pressure going in we had a good preparation for the event we did a small national uh, a Swedish rally um, to warm up and you know we were able to get back into the way of driving on the studded tyre on the snow and the ice so that that was very beneficial so I think that's why we were able to start the rally then you know quickly and, and, and get on to a good pace straight away I was going to make reference to that because you're literally talking in the space of seven days you had no, I mean that was a that was a pretty shrewd move like you know um, well well thought out was it was it hard to squeeze that in kind of logistics wise uh when i say that i mean more so trying to get the few bob together to do it as well or obviously you've got good support to try and make it happen yeah it wasn't wasn't actually on the 
the plan, let's say, at the start of the year. But then as soon as um, you know Sweden got closer, we just thought that we can't turn up having no preparation uh, in terms of actually driving on those conditions before the event. So, of course, you get a shakedown on the uh, WRC event, but it's hard to beat doing an actual rally uh, to simulate the conditions the week just before. So it was really the, the perfect way to set ourselves up. So, yeah, we got help to do that. Um, you know, we've been preparing with the Motorsport Iron Rally Academy and, um, you know, with with planning with them, they, they also thought that it was a good idea to, to do the warm-up event. So, yeah, it's a big thanks to everybody involved. Um, and, you know, of course, we've been doing a lot of mental training with the academy, which came into good use over the last 24 hours of the rally whenever things got a bit stressful. Yeah, so take me to that exact moment. You've built up the guts of a minute of a lead, the next thing the bonnet comes up, and maybe a slightly younger Will Creighton, even though you're still a kid, would probably think, well, there's expedients I'd like to use, but I won't. I'm going to try to be courteous for a change. <laughs> but we all know what we'd be thinking in that moment, right? So you mentioned the mental side of it. Is Alan Harry a part of this then at this moment when you get back into regroup? Or did you kind of have that body of work built up that you knew in your own mind? Okay, this is a little setback. Um, I've had setbacks before. I know I can come back from them. I know my pace has been good the first two days. And now I know the pressure's off as well because I can just concentrate on making making the time up and giving it a lash because I've lost so much. You know what? What about it? I'm going to give this a right crack. Is that exactly your line of thinking? And I appreciate I have a lot thrown in with that particular question as well. Well, it's it's hard to get away from, you know, the how annoyed obviously I was whenever the bonnet came up and how frustrating that is whenever you build up such a lead and um you know you're in a comfortable position. But Look, it happened. Um, it's it's a bit easier to look back on it now. Um, now that we got the win, but um, yeah, I think a lot of the preparation with Alan um, from that side of things before the event was beneficial, and then on the event we have um, a trainer, Marek, with Emsport Poland, who was also very helpful. So I would say that I was confident after after the you know, after we lost a lot of time that, you know, there was still a lot of kilometers left and that, you know, it was still possible. Um, but then going into the, the next stage on, on Saturday evening, the, obviously the screen was cracked. We had to wear goggles. The, it was dark. Luckily the lamp pod was still working. So it wasn't an ideal, you know, ideal circumstances, but uh, we went into that stage and I knew that we could still set a good time and we tried to do that. But we spun coming down into a junction um, and to be honest, that was nearly more annoying because coming out of that, we were I think 18 or 19 seconds down uh, with only one short stage left to go on Saturday night and then into Sunday. So at that stage, I really thought maybe this is just too much now. Uh, so I, I suppose I was actually more annoyed with, um, with spinning there whenever that was the point that we really couldn't afford any more mistakes. But um yeah, it made the, the job on Sunday that bit more difficult. Going into Sunday then, um, you're looking at a situation where you're 20-odd seconds behind and you've got three stages. And all of a sudden, after a big push, that's now down to six. And obviously there's a, a giddiness maybe attached to, to all this. And it doesn't just stop there. Because, I mean, in the heel of the hunt, it's come down to less than a second. <laughs> on on the final stage which has decided this so there is an awful lot 
that was going on on the last day. Does something like that make it all the more sweeter then when you eventually do become victorious? Yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be hard to, to replicate the feeling on Sunday whenever we whenever we knew we had won. Um, you know, just to get to get a podium on, on the junior events last year was, you know, we were even delighted with that, so to go and win, um, you know, it's just another level of excitement and then to, wa- to win the way we did uh, was was pretty crazy, yeah. But I think going in on Sunday, we, I genuinely thought that, you know, we just didn't have enough stages to try and, you know, claw back the time, but it didn't change, you know, my approach. We still went as hard as we could with, you know, we didn't want to go off the road either and, and lose second place, but it was definitely the mindset to go and try and take as much time back in the first stage to try and, you know, make it, you know, put a race on for the for the next two stages and put them under a bit of pressure. So, um, yeah, it was it was difficult, but we, we enjoyed the stage and um, Liam and I were actually chatting that I think we would rather go in and do a third pass of the, the long stage than go into the, you know, short city stage just because it was so tricky and quite rotted and um, whereas the other stage it was just it was enjoyable and it was more natural and we had a good rhythm yeah uh, on the final stage like there's a few shaky moments and people at home are looking at splits and things and <laughs> you know hearts, hearts are remote essentially but one crucial moment that appeared pretty evident in that stage was you going over that jump and that looked like uh, a particular segment where you may have made some gains now correct me if I'm wrong on that but it seemed quite apparent that you were giving it full ascend as the, as the saying goes there yeah we, we got to the first junction on that last stage and I was a little bit wide um, and I knew that maybe I'd drop to know half half a second or a second but I sort of thought that if we were just tidy for the majority of the stage that we probably wouldn't lose too much time but it's, it's so difficult to know and obviously you know Lauren he was going to go as fast as he could Um so, yeah, it was, I don't think it was a messy stage, but it definitely wasn't perfect. And then coming into the arena section, uh, I, I didn't know whether we should lift over the jump or what we should do. But yeah, last sort of last thing, we, we just stayed flat out. And I think because so many cars had been over it during the rally, they started to dig a bit of a hole in the landing. And it was yeah, a pretty uncomfortable landing. And uh, actually pretty lucky not to do any damage to the car but uh, looking back on it now and seeing the margin that we won by um, yeah I'm pretty happy we went as fast as we did over it mm-hmm. and to put this into context have you only had one previous podium in the JWRC prior to last weekend we, we've had two so we've had two third places and the first one was in Sweden last year so uh, I always felt comfortable um, on the snow and I think it's the most rewarding service to drive on whenever you get into a bit of a rhythm and the car's moving a lot about and you're able to use the snow banks it's uh, it's hard to replicate to be honest and it's a lot I of fun i think that's a real sign of progress will because when they have been so few and far between and you go win one then then it's just like wow this guy's this guy's really stepped you know and i'll actually double this up with a war on eamon kelly because you're now into that third year eamon's relatively new to the whole scene and you'd get the impression that in time, I will actually hear from him later on the programme, in time, he's going to learn massively from last weekend as well. And he's going to push on and he's going to be really, really competitive. Um, I'm sure that is something that really you can resonate with from your time in the JWRC. Yeah, it's it's easy for me to look 
you know, at Eamon's position now and he's going through exactly what, you know, I and a lot of other, others have in their first year and it's, you know, it's difficult to go into that championship and be competitive from the start just because, you know, the guys that you're up against. So, yeah, for sure, I'm, he's definitely learned a lot and um, it's great to have him there, you know, uh, another another local that you can um, have a bit of crack with throughout the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So, last thing then, just to, to finish up, um, I think your, uh, what do you call it, your, your Navi, is he out and about this weekend up the north, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's doing the first round of the, the Northern Irish Championship and uh, I think it's a Skoda style, so um, hopefully uh, hopefully it'll not be as eventful as the, the end <laughs> of, of Sweden and uh, it'll be a bit more relaxed for him, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully get up and um, see a few friends for, for a bit of crack, but uh yeah, it's it's been a good good weekend, and it'll definitely take a while to sink in. And I have to say thanks to so many people. You know, the event, the preparation for this event starts months ago, and um, even our previous years in the JWRC, it's always been about trying to build to this level. Uh, and from watching the onboards from this year compared to last year, you know, it's a big difference in commitment and the speed that we're driving at. So, um, yeah, it's a big thank you to everyone that's involved and. Fingers crossed we can carry on with this momentum. Well, very well done again. Will we see you anywhere in between these rounds? What's the plan there? I, I'm not really sure. We we need to sit down now and try and look about the best way to prep for Croatia, uh, whether that will maybe be something closer to home. Uh, I'd love to, uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure yet. But hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll have, um, we'll have something put together. Good man. Well, listen, Will. Very well done. We're very proud of you. And thanks for having a chat with us here on Derrick's Rally Podcast. All right. Thank you very much. Staying with the JWRC, Will Crane and Liam Regan weren't the only duo, of course, uh, in the middle of all that. We had Eamon Kelly and uh, Connor Moan as well. And thanks to Tommy McCarthy of Mad Vertara Rally, and he supplied us with this little clip before we have a chat with Eamon. Welcome along. You look like you're having some good fun there. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see me sliding past the, the Donegal flag and the Ireland flag. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So, seen plenty of them on the stages and it was definitely um, spurring us on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, from your point of view, I would say, it's, is, it, is it fair to say probably a weekend of, of ups and downs and maybe a lot of learnings? Um, yeah, uh, it was definitely um, it was such a mixed weekend. Um, you know, we I suppose we didn't know what to expect going into it. We just put a massive effort into everything. Um, you know, it was I suppose like anything when you go to an event like this, it's weeks of preparation. You know, and trying to make everything perfect. And to be fair, it it paid off in our speed when we we went over. We we were probably a bit further up than we thought we'd be, and a bit you know closer to the pace um, as than we expected, and maybe more so than people expected but yeah mixed weekend because out there it's way more than just being fast there's a lot of things to take into consideration and yeah just a huge challenge and very fine margins and I found out the hard way that the margins are very very slim and such a small mistake and a small lapse of concentration can end very very costly and yeah 
just uh, one to forget for me, but one to learn from most importantly and, and build on. There's plenty that went uh, well, but also plenty that went wrong. So yeah, it's back to the drawing board now or analyzing everything and trying to make a plan for Croatia. The one thing that is kind of after striking me or, or has struck me aiming about you, right, is the fact that you always seem to be the type of guy who can just look at a situation, um, something has happened, take note of it and try to learn from it and learn pretty quickly. And something that's kind of confirmed that for me is a little pre-recorded discussion we had where you said you arrive home on Monday, you've completely parked rallying, you go have a bite to eat, catch up with friends. I think that is a real good attribute to have as a young up-and-coming driver. Um, how, how do you build that? Are you just kind of naturally that way or does it come from Papa Bear or where does it come from? Um, I don't know. It's I've always been like that, I guess. I definitely, Dad's definitely given me good, good advice on that too. But I think it's very important to, um, you know, if you have a whether it's a good or a bad weekend, um, yeah, just to even if it's only for twenty four hours, just push things aside and you know focus on something completely different and then go back to things with a clear head. Uh, it's very easy to get, uh, I don't know, maybe emotional or, um, you know, when you're still just back from an event there's that little bit of adrenaline still in the situation where you can maybe overreact or start going at things too rashly and yeah if you can just reset for 24 hours and then go at things with a clear head and look at something just purely analytically i think that's the best way to build on it because whether things go good or bad um you can always break down a situation and find things that can be done better or things that were done well that you want to try and build into the next event so yeah for us now it's just a matter of really really building a strong report of the weekend and and looking at the situation um just you know day for day day by day and how it went and see what we can do to to overcome the things that maybe that maybe made things go wrong um of course there's bad there's there's luck involved as well but um you create your own luck so yeah we just have to to build on it for the next one yeah there's one big thing here that we should take into consideration and it's called context because the amount of sea time you would have had in a setting like Sweden is is quite limited so it's all quite new to you and while chatting to Will Creighton a little bit earlier uh, you came up in conversation and we were chatting about you know he's into his third year so he's got this experience built up and he knows the crack from when it was his first year as well so I mean that's surely got to be a, a, a good thing that you have seen a platform not too far away from you and you know right okay this is this is the mark, this is the improvements. I know I can make these, I'm focused on that because he's gone improving it as well. I'm sure that's very reassuring, is it? Absolutely, yeah. I think he's he's proven that, um, you know, if you go if you go at something and you, you stick to it and you believe in yourself that uh, the speed will come. You know, we all know Will's fast and he's gone in two years, he's built on it and look at him now, he's, he's dominating. He, it more or less dominated the, the JWRC this weekend. He showed a great sense of resilience and and um he was very very hard to beat so yeah absolutely um you know the thing is i've I've learned this weekend that it is not just about speed you have there's so many other factors that you have to build on and that's why coming into a, a program like the jwrc it does have to be more than just one year you know you have to build on each event and and really like i said analyze what went well and what didn't so you can take it into the next one and yeah, over time, you'd like to think with the right amount of work um, that you can make things uh, 
make things right. Yeah. Uh, how helpful has Matt Edwards been? Obviously, you did an event together, and he's known for his incredible advice, his ability to maybe set a car up right as well, which we're going to see pretty soon. He's going jumping into key lines of car, I think. So, like, how how good has he been to you? How good was that event? And, uh, you know, how much have you kind of taken from him? Yeah, he was excellent. Um, taking him over to the Arctic Rally was a great, uh, I think it was a great thing for me. Um, he just really reinforced the process um, of, I guess, driving quite consistently um, and smoothly. We had a bit of work with him last year, so we kind of had a baseline set, and it was more reiterating that whether we were on snow or gravel, it, it didn't really matter. We were just building on it, and he was he was very good to have in the car because he was consistently reassuring me and consistently reminding me about the process and not to not to drift away and. You know, when you do that over a weekend, then you can carry that forward into the likes of Sweden. And I was fit to kind of, I don't know, you could have a, like a little Matt Edwards voice in your head saying process and just uh, whenever you're getting carried away at times, it was it was good. So, yeah, he's, he's excellent. And especially in terms of setup too, he, he's, um, you know, he shows you how far you can actually go with a setup when you think you've you've already reached the boundaries. And I've no doubt in the Midlands, he'll um, he'll be a force to be reckoned with uh, no matter no matter the machinery, it'll definitely make that fiesta work. So in terms of JWRC stuff, Croatia's next, but you're also making a bit of an assault on the VRC in the Polo. So yeah, <laughs> it's quite it's quite busy. And another thing I would like to add into that statement is over the past couple of years, the variety of machinery that you've driven and driven consistently well is remarkable. I mean, how do you go and make that change so quickly and be so comfortable? Um, I guess it's just trying to trying to ease into it and not um, not put any pressure on yourself and and just you know just enjoy it really. Um, they're all fantastic cars and modern, especially the modern machinery. It's very, I think, when you come through that pyramid of Rally Four, Rally Three, or you know that at least that type of direction, um, it's usually not too bad jumping up jumping up a step. Um, the Rally 2 and R5 cars are super, super easy to drive. They're not easy to drive on the door handles at 100% fast, but that's something that you have to work towards. So, yeah, look, it's I'm incredibly lucky to be able to go and do the Malcolm Wilson. It's a great opportunity for us for seat time and some great competition there as we, or that will be there, as we've seen. So, yeah, we're just really looking forward to putting a big effort into it and trying to get a good rally under us and just focus on the process of driving well rather than a result. And we won't rule out an appearance on the Emerald Isle at some stage, but no concrete plans at the minute, you tell me. Yeah, no concrete plans. Um, how how gorgeous is you with all that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the thing. There's there's only so much time, but it's, um, yeah, you know yourself sometimes, like I said, things crop up and they suit and, you know, it might be beneficial. So we'll see as the year goes on. But um, as for now, we're not too sure. But uh, who knows, maybe in the, the latter end of the year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all these tip-offs when you do. I don't, I don't want to just see you on Angelus now. I want to mess from him and Kelly, uh, just so you know. Um, <laughs> we'll yeah, have to start, yeah. we'll have to start uh, paying you for exclusive, uh, what do you call it, insight and stuff like that. So Anyway, look, I'll join the side, Eamon. It's been great to chat to you, and uh, the very best luck for uh, the rest of the year, all right? No bother. Thanks very much, Kevin. Appreciate it.
Now, on the Irish Rally Podcast, we turn our attention overseas once more, but a little bit closer to home. And over the weekend, the Raponian Rally was on. And over there was Mr. Ronan O'Neill alongside Adrian Hedrington. Ronan joins us now. How's things, Ronan? Good, Kevin. How are you? Ah, sure, look, only flying it, boss. Only flying it. Now, look, being brutally honest about it, with WRC Sweden going on, uh, maybe it took a little bit from the reporting over the weekend, but it certainly didn't take anything away from your achievements. So, yourself and Adrian, uh, third, I believe. I know, yeah, third overall. Um, look, listen, good, good start to the season, good start to the championship, but we'll hopefully continue on and, and do the whole season. So, it's um, good to get points on the board. Um, this last couple of years we've tried that championship and, and never had good starts so um, I think any anybody starting a championship maybe wins not not straight away but you need to start gathering the points and, and, and keeping the thing ticking over mm-hmm. I think from your point of view over the last couple of years you've probably done more stuff over across the pond than at home or every bit as much anyway I would guess and I think Covid is probably a lot to do with that maybe but enlighten us yeah, so back in back in twenty seventeen, um, Adrian done the RAC rally for the first time, um, and first time I suppose in a historic car as well, and, and he really tucked it like a duck to water. Um, and in my opinion, a lot of the gravel rallies over in the UK is better than what we offer here in Ireland. Um, so it just was it was just the normal the normal route to try and do as many of the historic rounds. Once you know one, it was like this is good. We'll try again and, and again and again. And yes, I suppose COVID did help it a wee bit too because it started up in the in the UK a wee bit sooner in Ireland. So but no, all all brilliant rallies, great mileage, um, really, really enjoyable, good competition. So it was it was sort of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. From a learning point of view, so you mentioned that you feel it's better over there, the gravel is better over there than it is here. So where are those differences in your opinion and what could maybe the Irish side of things do to up it a little bit to make it a situation where Ron O'Neill says the Irish Forest Championship is every bit as good. Listen, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the events over here. It's just they have longer stages. We're sort of restricted over here. We haven't got the forest with the distances. Like there's no problem running like even you could run a thirty mile stage in the in the forest over in the UK. Whereas we just don't have that luxury here. Um, but just the, the, everything's really relaxed. You know, you turn up on a Friday afternoon, go through scrutiny, rally Saturday, no drivers briefings. You know, it's it's just really relaxed, nice back boat home. You know, you normally still have a day at home on Sunday at the end of the weekend, so it's it's really good from that perspective. Yeah, so you like the flexibility of it, the uh, the calmness, the the enjoyment of it for you is is where it's yes. at, and obviously for Adrian oh. too, is yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. Uh, the partnership you have with Adrian, that's gone on quite some time, probably the best part of a decade or com- coming close to what I would say anyway. Um, and you had a nice bit of competition done even before Adrian Hedrington probably came along and, and got you in alongside. So maybe talk to us about that. Um, I know when I first uh, paired up with Adrian back in, in 2015, um, and I, we just we, we had it off really well. Um, and, and uh, predominantly at the start there was a lot of tarmac events and, and a modified car and it's, it's just really progressed from there. Um, I suppose we're quite lucky in the sense that we live not too far apart. Um, so for the likes of going to watch DVDs of forestry events, you know, we can do that during the week and come over for an hour, an hour here, whatever. Um, so it, it works out pretty well from that angle, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a driver who many people love to see whether it's up on the ditches or whether it's in the middle of a forest that 
a, a very entertaining driver. We spoke of him last year as well. Well, he def- definitely is a fan's favourite. Like people talk about Frank Kelly, but a lot of people have Adrian Henderson in the same bracket as well. So, what's it like from that point of view when you're the one inside and you're seeing not any ditches? Or trees, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't say that. No, listen, hey, in fairness... I don't to mean them, ending up in them. I just mean you're pointing no. towards them, that's all. Yeah, yeah. No, in, in, in fairness to them, no matter what he does, that's 100% commitment. That's, that's just how it is. Um, so it's really, really good from that perspective. But um, no, uh, you know, yes, he might have, have a reputation for, for maybe having a few accidents or what over the years, but listen, everybody's the same. That, that can happen in this sport. I think we all know that. I think the entertainment factor is what he's reputation for more so than the the accidents. Okay, yeah, he's a, he's had one or two. Let's be honest about it. But just I think from an entertainment point of view, when you think of the fans coming to see guys putting on a show, that you know that that's kind of yeah, you know for sure. As I say, a hundred percent commitment. You know, he always tries to have the best car he can, and and everything's prepared as well as he can. And you know, all that all that helps. You know, so you have mm-hmm. to. I think, when you're trying to to go well at at this sport, you have to everything has to be correct. You can't cut no take no shortcuts. So, from your own point of view, Ronan, um, as you record, it's uh, it's Tuesday. Were you back in work today, or was it yesterday? And maybe tell us if you if you want to only where where are you at it and what what do you actually do? No, I I'm back in work today. I'm I'm in the office today, but um, as I say, I work in sales, so I'm pretty flexible in that I don't be in the office all the time. So yes, I was back. Back home yesterday morning, but I stayed at home yesterday, <laughs> um, and I can get away with that. So it's it's good from that from that side. Um, as long as you're fit to answer the phone, you're you're okay. Yeah, that's good uh, to have that relationship and yeah. that bit of flexibility as well. It's all it's all important. So for for the year ahead, um, is it a full on assault then across yeah. the pond? Or yeah, we'll, um, we'll try and complete all the all the historic rounds over in the UK. If there's something else that maybe maybe ties in, yes, you know, um, five mile towns on now in, in a week's time, um, we'll give that a go as well. Um, and again, then I suppose the big game is the RAC at the end mm. of November. So that's you, you want to do as many of these historic rounds in the UK at the minute as you can. Yeah, as we all know, the RAC has been pretty kind to you as well. So listen, that's where we leave it on this edition of the Irish Rally Podcast. Uh, bonus episode for you. Plenty more content coming your direction next week as well. We'll be uh, having a look at the first round of the Northern Ireland Rally Championship. Best luck to everyone in uh, Corky this weekend. And also best luck to everyone involved with the Killarney Forestry Rally. Uh, part of our offering next week is a feature on volunteers. And we have a very, very interesting interview with Caroline McGuinness coming your direction. Uh, we went through a lot, to and fraud, and uh, some good content that you won't want to miss. And it might actually make you think a little bit differently about volunteerism and about marshalling and timekeeping and all that aspect of rallying, the essential parts of rallying, which make the whole thing go ahead. So yeah, plenty to look forward to next week. So uh, do make sure you give us a follow or a subscribe on YouTube, Apple, or on Spotify, it doesn't cost anything to do so, so uh, we do really appreciate that, and if you're on Apple or Spotify, you hit the, the five-star ratings, that helps us as well. Uh, shout out to Tech and Tools, Tech and Tools, your dedicated tools provider, focused on diagnostic test equipment and specialized tools, you can visit techandtools.ie for more information, and SES Productions, of course, and if you are interested in backing what we're doing, you can see we've up the ante, you can see we're busy, and you can see we want to keep providing you with the very best 
of Irish Rallying indeed. So irishrallypodcast at gmail.com, affordable rates. Uh, title sponsor still there, still available, and uh, associate sponsor slots also. So make sure you do get in touch. And until next time, take care. Thank <laughs> you.